Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, everybody. Today on the podcast, we have my friend Parijat. I'm really, really excited to bring her on. I got to know her earlier this year in a separate mom Facebook group that I'm in for moms and business owners. And we've hopped on the phone a couple of times talking about the wild, crazy journeys of becoming mothers and how that looks differently for so many people and how it kind of affects us as business owners and women and mothers. And I'm really, really excited to bring her on today because she is going to blow your mind with the information that she is going to share, like willingly just share. The stuff is nowhere. So you know that she knows her shit. I want to let you know that Perijat is a leading high-risk pregnancy expert, prenatal mind, body, wellness counselor, speaker, and author who guides women to quickly and effectively release their stress during their high-risk pregnancy so they can manage their complications and give their baby a strong start to life. She's the author of Pregnancy Brain, a mind-body approach to stress management during a high-risk pregnancy. And she's also the host of the popular podcast, Delivering Miracles, that discusses the real raw side of family building, including infertility, high-risk pregnancy, loss, bed rest, prematurity, and healing once baby comes home. And I was even on her podcast last year. So definitely search it and listen for my episode. What are we chatting about today, Abby? So instead of talking about pregnancy or becoming a mom, we are actually focusing on her journey of writing and self-publishing her book. And what that has allowed us to do is get very intimate, very close details into what the process looks like and how you can really speed up the process to do the whole thing in under a year and still manage to rank at the top at Amazon. So I'm forever grateful for the information she's sharing in this episode, plan to have it on repeat about 75 times because spoiler alert, Emily and I both want to write probably more than one book. So there's a lot going on in, you know, in the background and she just is guiding you through the whole process so much so that I won't be shocked when she comes back for part two. 
Hello, Parishat. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you. I've mentioned it like I think a half of a second, so maybe our listeners don't fully know, but I'm in the very, very, very early stages of wanting to write my own book and kind of diving into the world of like, do I self-publish? Do I find a traditional publisher? How does all of this work? And I have found very early on that the resources online like are really not that plentiful. And it's kind of like the dinosaur error of like digging and calling people and you're calling the wrong person and you need to have another contact. And so I love that you're here providing any insight whatsoever into the self-publishing world, not only self-publishing, but getting on the Amazon bestseller list, like (laughs) what I felt like was that. So you have so many behind the scenes tips and tricks and secrets. So let's just dive in. Absolutely. Sounds great. (laughs) So you wrote a book. (laughs) I did. I wrote a book. It's called Pregnancy Brain, Mind-Body Approach to Stress Management During a High-Risk Pregnancy. It's just been a whirlwind. It's been such a blur just going from, okay, I'm writing a book to then writing it to then it's out there. And and then hitting, like you said, it hit the Amazon bestseller list within just a couple days of publishing. I I was on a bus in Chicago at the time, and I just happened to get the notification. And I squealed on the bus and everyone's like, what happened? (laughs) Like, oh my God, I made it. (laughs) That's incredible. So um, I feel like that's kind of the journey that I typically see or like not typically see of the fast track, but like I I had an idea and then I wrote it and then I did it. Um, But there's a lot of steps in between. So can you kind of walk us through some of the important ones? Or writing the book, which is are you sure you want to write a book? (laughs) Because it is no joke. It was so hard. And I'm used to doing hard things. And I don't mind doing hard things. I think a lot of us in the online space don't mind doing the work and don't mind doing it hard. It was really challenging because of the number one thing I found going through it is writing a book is a tremendously personal journey. The amount of personal growth that you experience by writing a book is so huge that you got to be willing to look at your stuff <laughs> when, because that it'll come up. It'll come up in all the ways that you resist writing, all the ways that you don't go where you want to go, or when you get certain feedback and you go, I don't like that, forget it. It'll happen. It will happen. It will happen to every single person. And so are you ready to make that leap personally? On top of the fact, it takes a long time. So you're either going to have to sacrifice other parts of your business to focus purely on the book, which is what I did, or you're going to have to allow yourself a tremendous amount of time to make it happen and make it the product that you really envision it and dream of it to be. So, you know, are you ready for that? It's fully, fully a long game. And are you ready for that? And it's, if you're not, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's a really good question to ask yourself at the beginning before you even start this and then find yourself knee deep. There's some crazy statistic. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but most people who set out to write a book never actually publish it. And I think this is why it's, it's something like 90% or something. I'm fully making that up, but it's somewhere around. There's a very, very high percentage. Oh, I believe that. And I think this is why, because it is so much work, both personally and time-wise that and, and I didn't appreciate how much it was. People would tell me that, but it, it really is a lot. So be sure, for sure, for sure that you really want to do this before you even start. 
how did you even like identify that you were ready? Because I know Emily and I, I get the irony of this is funny because this, well, this is a situation we're never in. We, I, we <laughs> happen to be standing in a pool surrounded by palm trees and hanging out with friends. And trust me, that is not my normal everyday life. But we were talking about the wanting yeah. to write a book. And the want has existed as long as I knew what a book was. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even as a small child, I was like, my life is so awesome. Someday it's going to be a book. Like, <laughs> or not even awesome, but just like interesting or crazy or I mean, whatever. And the I, topic ideas have run the gamut over the years and everything. But the like desire has been humongous. And so I'm curious, what was the moment where you were like, okay, now, now is the time. Well, I think I'm similar to you, Abby, in that I had thought someday I'm just going to write a book. It was just something in the back of my head. I had no idea about what or anything. It was always an idea. And as you know, you grow up and you have these responsibilities, you go through school, career, all that, it was always there, but it was never that strong. Was, yeah, sure, I'll do it someday. Yeah, sure, I'll do it someday. And once I started my private practice doing uh, reproductive health consulting for women with high-risk pregnancies and infertility, it, even then, it was just kind of, nah, I don't know. Even though people around me were saying, write a book, write a book, write a book, just it never, I wanted to, but it was never like, oh my God, yes, right now, I got to do this. And I think what tipped the scales was two things. One was realizing how much improvement, how much success, how much change and power my clients were experiencing. And was I okay with it being only one, two, three, five people a month? No, not anymore. Not after seeing how many women were getting better quickly and thus their babies were getting better quickly. And, and the second piece was, to be very honest, I have a dream about being on Ellen someday. And I realized. Yes, <laughs> yes girl. Same. Right. Same. I figured having private practice is not going to get me there. It's going to be a book that she can get to her audience. And so it just kind of came together where at one point, you know, client were coming in slowly. I was still developing my referral program. I, it was just a lot slower than I wanted. And I kind of hit that wall of going, I really need to turbocharge this. How do I do that? And it was a day, one day when I was on a walk and it just, you know, clearing my head going, how, how do I get there? How do I get to that ultimate goal of reaching more women, spreading this message, teaching them about how to take control of their health and also how to get on Ellen. And it really just kind of went, oh, the book. It's the book. Oh my gosh, this is my opportunity. It was almost like life kind of went, and here you are, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Now's the time. Here you go. Yeah. Now is the time. Yeah. I love that. And it's different for everyone in, in everyone's business. It doesn't matter if it's a book or launching a certain product or doing a membership or doing a summit. Like we have all of these things that's kind of popped up for us. And, and I feel like it's one of those like dumb cliche things. Like when you know, you'll know. And when it's the right time, it'll be the right time. So, okay. It was the right time. You decided to like take some time from work. It was a slow schedule. So you could commit to this. You write 
And I get the idea of like, okay, you're brain dumping and you're kind of organizing, but like the book that I have in mind is like 600 words. It's a kid's book. Yours is like a book book, like a book book. So how do you even go about like organizing your thoughts and getting it in a way where you know that other people are going to be reading this, not even once they're buying it, but like to get it ready to sell and edit it and perfect it and all of that stuff. What does that process look like? Yeah. So for me, I I think it starts with knowing how you think best. So for me, it's outlining and it, you know, brain dumping and outline is really where it started putting out everything. What do I want to say? Where does it go? What else do I want to say? Where does it go? I tried mind mapping, which works for a lot of people. Somebody, a lot of people suggested that to me. That didn't work so well. I'm usually a very visual person, but for some reason for the book, it just wasn't clicking for me. So I would really start with how do I think best and how can I get everything from my head out onto something in some form? And then from there, slowly fleshing it out, going point by point, saying, okay, what more can I say about this? What more information do I need about this? And just having it all laid out so that nothing stayed in my head anymore. Because that was the hardest part, right? Is I have all these thoughts and all these ideas and they think about them at two o'clock in the morning. That's not helpful. But if I'm able to get them out in a way that makes sense, then by the time I was ready to actually write, I just kind of had to look over at the outline and say, oh, this is what needs to go here. This is what needs to go there. And it was just kind of fleshing out the concepts that I'd already identified on the outline. Now, that's not to say that there weren't huge changes along the way. I think at one point we completely slashed an entire chapter because it just was like not really that pertinent. And it was taking away from the power of the message in the book. So that was crazy. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I just spent all this time on this chapter. But at the same time, as I would read through the book, that chapter always felt clunky to me. It was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, like I could even feel it. And so I had to kind of, again, personal growth, right? Get out of your own way to go, this is nothing about you. This is actually for the betterment of the book and ultimately the community you're trying to serve. So yeah, it's definitely a process. And I highly recommend staying super, super organized. Even if, if, if outlines aren't your thing, go to Trello. If Trello is not your thing, do mind maps, do something, but don't start writing. What other tools did you use? Did you just use like Google Docs or like what are, what are you using? I did. I did. I wrote the whole book on Google Docs. I used wow. Google Keep. So when I had random ideas that came up when I was away from the computer, I was able to jot them down in there and then they'd show up when I sat down at the computer the next time. I think that might've been it. I was very low tech with this. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Did you just like create your own kind of format outline inside Google Docs or did you like look up to see like, so my biggest struggle, and maybe this is just because like the idea for my book is like literally completely different, but I had, I like brain dumped it out. I kind of organized, I identified where there might be holes and I wanted to kind of like get input from others. But then it was like, okay, well, what do I make this look like for someone else to kind of go through and see, like edit it and like, go through it and like, like someone else's eyeballs on it. Did you have to kind of restructure your outline for your editing or manuscript team? Or did you even have that? Like, what does that look like when you're self-publishing? I have 75,000 questions. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. No, I'm so glad. I'm excited to talk about this because I wish, like you said, I wish there were more conversations about it. I'm like, how do I do this? Absolutely. So I didn't have anybody look at my outline. That was fully me. And I just kept doing it, doing it, doing it, fleshing it out until it started sort of looking more like paragraphs. 
And then I think what I did was I put it all, I separated out the chapters into different documents, just because for me, it was less overwhelming to not have to scroll through 300 pages to get to chapter 10, because then I would, I know me. And again, see, here's, it goes back to that personal development, right? You have to know yourself and how you work. And for me, I knew that if I scrolled through chapter two and there was a part that I knew was bugging me, I'd get stuck there. And chapter 10 would never get done, for example. So for me, I separated out by chunks. Once each of the chapters started to feel really good, only then did I combine them into one document. And at that point, when it was ready, then is when I sent it over to my editor for a first round check. How long did it go from idea to, okay, I'm going to write this to you sent it to your editor? Well, I think I committed to the idea of writing the book I think it was end of November, like right around Thanksgiving time. And I believe I sent the first round to my editor in March, end of March or very beginning of April. So the idea was November of last year? Yes. So not even a year. And it's September. So like, and the book is in hands and (laughs) on a best. Girl, you're fire. I like that. (laughs) I like that. Well, and I, I love how different that is than the typical schedule you hear about. It can be years. And I'm like, maybe I'm not going to be as passionate about this thing a couple of years from now. And that's a big fear of mine. I'm an evolving person. I don't like to say I change, but I grow and like, I don't, I don't know if the thing that's like striking my fancy in this moment is going to strike it forever. So once you got it to the editor, like, did she make a lot of changes? Did she give you a lot of feedback? Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) It was like one of those papers for college, you see, and there's just like red marks everywhere. (laughs) But it was very interesting because she, I sent it to her and then I just walked away. For a week. Like, I can't think about this. I can't look at this. I'd read it so much. I was in it so much that I was sick of my own voice for a while. So I just took a week off and I stepped back and did all the other things that had been put on hold. And when I went back, she took about two weeks to get back to me. So the second week I went back and I was like, hmm, let me just read this through and see what it feels like. And there was not one thing that she recommended in her 10 million things that I didn't agree with. It was as I was reading it, I was like, oh, this needs to be stronger. Oh, this we need to take out. Oh, this doesn't make sense. Oh, this might be too dark, whatever it is. And so when I got the feedback and she kept, she's so lovely, she's like, okay, don't panic. This is normal. There's a lot in there, but every author, this is what the first round looks like. But it wasn't overwhelming to me to see that because everything she suggested was everything I thought about too. And I read it back again after I had a break from it. So that told me, which is probably another piece of advice I have for your listeners is make sure you have an editor who totally gets what you're going for. Again, requires you to be extremely clear on what is the purpose of the book and who is it for and how do you want them to feel as they're reading it. And then if you know that crystal clear, then finding an editor who totally gets that. I mean, I don't, she's got some superpowers or something because she just, it was like she was in my head. And so she knew exactly what I was going to say down to like, oh, this joke doesn't sound right. This doesn't land properly. This doesn't sound like you. Like, how do you know that? You just met me. But she totally knows. She totally knows. So it was really fantastic. So how did you find this magician? I, she was a referral from a friend and I'm never letting her go. (laughs) That's how it always happens. 
Absolutely. No, absolutely not. Yeah, she's in your corner for good. I know Emily's like children's book focused. I have two potential book ideas. One's very business, like self-help, whatever. And the other one, I'm like, is this self-help or is it a novel? Like, I don't know. And like, because it could go either way, I'm like, I can't start on it. I'm not starting on it because... (laughs) Well, just Abby, just for your reference, there are people that you can hire to help you flesh out your ideas to give you like, I think this is your strongest candidate that you have right now run with this. Did you find that you needed not necessarily someone like that for your initial idea, but like accountability for writing or like check-ins or were you just like laser focused and on it? What was your kind of system to making sure all that stuff got done? By the time I'd committed to writing the book, it was the only thing that was firing me up. And so I had actually, I didn't even have that many clients at the time. And so I fully slowed down my client work. And I was only taking clients that were coming through my referral program and saying no to everybody else. And and it was a huge sacrifice, which made me panic on a daily basis. <laughs> Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. But it was, it had become so clear to me, the book is the only way. The book is the only way. It was like breathing air. It was just so obvious to me, this is the only thing that needed to be done. That's not to say I wrote every day. That's not to say that I didn't procrastinate. And I, <laughs> there were so many days where I'd just be lying on the sofa. My husband would be like, what are you doing? Don't you have, what, are what are you, you doing? doing? There were many days where I was like, forget it. I quit. I'm not doing it. It's not happening. Those days will happen. But when you know for sure that this is what you want to do, you're able to ride that wave and pick up the next day and go, okay, I'm going to keep going. Let's give some people some glimmer of hope before we move on with the next step, because I know I've seen anything from like, never expect for your book to make any sort of money that's worth any sort of time. It's all PR move to this book is I make money for the rest of my life on it because the royalties are crazy. So like, I just don't even know what's reasonable anymore. So based on today's landscape, if you were to write a book you know is going to hit an audience well, like, is there any sort of expectations we can get on the other side of the crazy? I don't have exact numbers, but what I do know just based on this experience is you know your audience. There are 5 million ways to get books in their hands. So don't let that discourage you. I stopped listening to that advice, honestly, about, oh, it doesn't make any money. It's not going to do well. It's so dependent on your industry. It's dependent on the other books that are out there. It's dependent on your community and who you're trying to reach. There's so many factors that I feel like, you know what? If you have a book in you, if you've got a story in you, write it and it will reach the right people and you will find that it will do what you intend for it to do and just go do it. It was extremely discouraging to keep hearing that. And at some point, I just said, forget it. There's not a book out there in the market like this. So there's no way anybody knows how this book is going to do. So I'm just going to write it. Yep. That's kind of my same mentality about the book that I want and I will get out into the world. Like it came to me and I there was right. a hole for it. It's needed. And I had so many people ask like, well, what's the move? Like, is it for your personal brand because it's a children's book or what's the goal? And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like exactly. I just need it in people's hands who need like this in their own yep. families to help tell these same stories. So like, I don't care what it does or doesn't do. I just need it to get out there. And so I think Absolutely. like if you're fueled totally. by that kind of like, it doesn't matter, then like great things are going to happen regardless. <laughs> you made edits. You agree with her. You make these edits. How many more times does she rip you up? Two more times. And it was easier. <laughs> yeah. She believed, I believe it was two, three times total. Oh, wow. I would expect and then a more. final review yeah. at the very, very end. That's yeah, awesome. Up until the very last minute, there's still mistakes in the book. I mean, it's just, it had gotten to the point where 
It is what it is. And the mistakes are not huge. They're just a little grammatical things or maybe a repeat word or something like that that doesn't impact the message of the book. Again, personal growth, not aiming for perfection, (laughs) which was huge. So I found that with every step of the way after that, it got harder and harder for me to keep reading and editing the book. I got sick of my voice. I got sick of the words. I'm like, am I really saying this again? Like I completely lost the freshness. You're like, I can't, I don't want to look at this ever. <laughs> exactly. So it, it got harder as it went on. So how long did that process take? That took another two months. Okay. That's not bad. Two and a half months, something like that. So then what happens? And then once we got the the third round in, got her reviews, incorporated those, then then I thought the harder part began, which is actually getting the book to be formatted and all the technical stuff that freaks me out because I don't want to make a mistake. And so I got super stressed out about all that. Like, where do I publish and how do I do that? Just kind of that was happening in my head. So with, you know, I've, I found somebody to format the book uh, and then that actually fell through at the very last minutes. We're scrambling like the week before it was supposed to be published to redo the entire thing because the person we'd originally hired, it just fell through uh, without notice. And so that was happening and then trying to market and trying to understand the platforms of where I wanted it to be published. That all kind of happened at the same time. And if I could go back and do it again, I think what I would do differently is understand those platforms first. Do just go in there and play around with it. Under especially if you're like me and that kind of stuff is just you know you could do it but it just stresses you out. Just get in there early. So where you would self-publish. So you could self-publish on Create Space, which is affiliated with Amazon. You can self-publish on Ingram Sparks, which typically can go to Amazon but I found from the, the digging that we had done that it actually does better with dist- wholesale distributions to bookstores and libraries. And then you can self-publish on KDP, which is another affiliate of Amazon where you publish Kindle. There's all kinds of stuff out there. At some point, I finally pulled the trigger because my head was spinning on where do I do this? How, where do I publish? How do I do this? The simple thing to do is pick one and do it. But again, it goes back to what you know about your book, your industry, and who you want to market it to. And in my case, because it's a pregnancy book, I have to cast the net very wide because the window for a person to read that book is very small. And so for me, the best solution was to publish on all three, which did make it a little bit more complicated at the beginning. But now I know how to do it on all three. So next time, if there is a next time, I got it. (laughs) There are others where you know you just want it on Kindle, then you do just KDP. You know you don't want it in bookstores, then you just do Create Space. Like, You've got to know your people. You've got to know where they are and how to best reach them. And that'll help narrow that down. So your book, I've like seen you hold it. So it's it's a physical book. It's not just Kindle. It's not just Audible. How does it come into your hands? Like how does, what does that process look like? Because I'm imagining like designers and like you've got to decide if it's a hardcover or a soft cover and what's the price going to be and like how. Who's distributing it? And do you have boxes of book in your house? Do you mail them out? Does Amazon mail them out? Like, what does all of that look like? What is all that? Yeah, totally. All the questions I had too, like, how does this happen? So basically, once you have the inside of the book formatted, so you can't actually publish a book from Google Docs. 
which I did not know. Because <laughs> I was sitting there, how does this look like? I don't get what this. How do I get it from here to there when both spaces are on the internet? Right. <laughs> so that's where a designer, a layout person comes in and they actually do, I don't know what, it's some kind of magic where they change the layout of the book so that you get a PDF that looks like the inside of a book, which is so cool, by the way. The first time you see you're like, oh my God, I wrote a book. <laughs> and so they change the, you know, the font and the spacing and the this and the that and margins and all that so that when it is printed, it'll print like a book. Similarly, you need somebody to do the cover layout. So we had the graphic for the front cover for months before it published because we needed it for marketing to show people, hey, this is the book that's coming. That graphic does nothing for the actual book. I thought you could just take it and put it on and hey, there's the front cover. Totally doesn't work that way. So then you have somebody actually lay that out, which is apparently a very complicated process to do. Not a lot of people do it very well. So you want to do your homework when you're finding the right person for that. And then you take that whole file and you put it on the platform that you choose, whether it's KDP, CreateSpace, Ingram, Spark, all three, whatever that is. And you can actually order proof copies. So they send you a copy at a very tiny percentage of the actual cost. So you can just review it. And just to inject here, please don't skip this step. Because what what I found too, not only so you can look at it, but that's actually your contract with CreateSpace or Ingram Spark to say, hey, when I approve this, this is what I'm approving. And if you print anything other than that, I can come back and say you messed up. So you want to keep ordering proof copies until you have the one that you approve and you say, okay, this looks really good. It took forever for me. It just, there were always mistakes. I think I have like six or seven proof copies of the same book. Mistakes (laughs) on the printing side or mistakes on the formatting side? On the printing side, because of some formatting that looked fine on PDF that, that our, the interior layout person thought would be fine, but when it actually went to print, it didn't translate the way that she expected. So we had so many of those copies. And if you're going to do Ingram and create space, you want to get proof copies from both because they do print dif- differently. The colors are different. The paper weight is different. The, just it's, It will look different from both. So, so there's that. And then expect that when, because you're self-publishing, the quality control is not as high as if you're publishing through a traditional publisher. So there are going to be differences. Like I have a couple copies of the book where the spine is just shifted like half a millimeter, but those kinds of things, you're not going to get perfect because you're self-publishing. And you, again, personal growth to be okay with that. <laughs> right. Can you do hardcover copies in self-publishing world or is it all soft bound? Yeah, no, I, I believe you can. Yeah. And when you do that and you're putting them on multiple platforms, as I know one of the options is to kind of like print as you sell them, basically. Where yeah, they, print on demand. But did you go that route or did you end up going with stock and how did that work? So what I ended up doing was anything that was sold through Amazon is, is print on demand. So Amazon takes care of it through CreateSpace. If somebody goes to Amazon, says, I want that book, then the order gets to CreateSpace, they print it, they ship it, and I have nothing to do with that. I also did order a couple of boxes of books for myself. I wanted to send signed copies to anyone that was involved with helping this book become a book. And then later I found out that there were several people who wanted signed copies anyway, who were readers or part of the community or friends or family or something. And so I had to order another shipment of that. And so those copies I was able to send on my own as well. 
But other than that, everything's print on demand. So when a library requests the book, when bookstores request the book, they just go straight through Ingram then. They put in their order. Ingram creates the shipment for them and sends it directly to the the retailer and they take care of that. That's awesome. Did you have anyone on your team marketing or PR wise to get? I did not. Mm -hmm. I talked about the book a lot to the point of, yeah. Am I talking about this too much? Like, are you guys, are you guys over this? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I talked about it a lot. And and again, if I could go back and do this a little bit differently, I would finalize the cover much sooner. So like I said, the idea was in November, the book published in at the end of July or at the end of June, I think I would have had the cover done by say January and, and then have that image just glued in people's heads. It's everywhere. This is the book that's coming because the, the title was decided a long time ago. Pretty much the, the graphic, once we found it, we were done. It was very easy. Like, oh, that's, that's what it is. So I wish I had done that first. The other thing I wish I had done differently is set up pre-sales. So that's what I would have done. We were going to do pre-sales for Kindle. And then here's a little tip that I learned the hard way. If you go into KDP to set up a pre-sale, which is actually very, very easy to do, you can set the date only once. And if you have to move that date, you can't do a pre-sale on KDP for an entire year. <gasps> and that's what happened to us. <laughs> so we couldn't do that. So when you're doing, this is this is the stuff that stresses me out. This is what freaks me out, right? Messing up tiny things yes. that have that big of an effect. Exactly. Yeah. So when you're going into the platform, that's why I said earlier, go into the platform, play around with it first, learn it, understand what their limitations are, because all three of them have something different. And know what you want. So if if I do write another book, that's what I would do differently for sure, is make sure I understand how to set up a pre-sale. And I would set it up as soon as the title is ready. As soon as that cover is done, pre-sale starts. And that is a great way to generate some revenue, great way to generate some interest and excitement. Then you've got people in the community talking about the book for you. Like, oh my God, I can't wait till my copy of this is coming. I think that would have been really, really helpful. So you've led... I'm just like, this is what you just said. You just said, start pre-sales as soon as you publicly start talking about the book. So you have to work backwards on a date, like potentially nine to 10 months in advance. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. It definitely doesn't hurt. Because when people are excited... Oh, sure. They want it. Oh, right? for they sure. Want it. I don't disagree with that. Like, there's a book that I think comes out in like five days, and I bought it two or three months ago, but I'm like, when is it coming? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forget how many books I buy on pre sale when they mail it to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I bought this on pre sale a year ago. Holy moly. Okay, so no PR, no marketing team, no pre sale, but Amazon bestseller. How does that happen? I, I don't, I don't know. I really, you know, I think to be honest with you, it really depends on the industry, the market and the book that you're writing that in my industry, there is no book like this. So I literally have zero competitors. And so it was needed and it was, it was really hitting the spot with the community that I had identified. I wanted to reach. I do know that if you're writing, say a business type book, something like that, there's a lot more competition. So it is harder some of the tips that I had received that really helped a lot is when you're ready to put the book up on Amazon, you have to choose the categories that it goes in. So choose categories where there is not a lot of competition. And that way you have to sell less books to rank higher. So that was really helpful. Also, again, it goes back to the marketing piece. Just the more you talk about it, 
the more people are going to be so excited. And the day that it goes out, get your friends and family involved, like buy the book now, please. It really isn't. It's fully a numbers game. So just do what you can to get the numbers on your side. That's awesome. Yeah, I've seen time and time again, a, a couple of my friends who are in the, the pregnancy, nutrition, health kind of arena, those type of books, especially when they're very, very niche like yours, skyrocket because there's hardly anything out there. Or if there is, it's like so dated and backwards that you're like, yeah, nah. And so those kind of like, it's super, super helpful. So I think like my biggest piece of advice is find that niche where there's like no one, (laughs) no one talking about anything and like people actually need it. So like I'm sitting here picturing like what kind of angle from business related do like people need that's not there because yeah, you're right. That business niche is just like, I feel like everyone and their mother is writing a book out there. So I want to talk a little bit about the title and specifically because I know with a background in branding and everything, like I'm always constantly thinking, okay, it needs to be unique. There needs to be a URL available. Social media has to exist. And I need to not like damage anyone's, not damage, but not utilize someone else's trademark. But with the book, I'm just like, I don't even know where to start. So I started like typing in Amazon the title that I want it to be and other books pop up. But I'm like, it's not the same. So did the same rules apply? Like, how does this work? Yeah. So the main title is purely for interest and capturing interest. And the subtitle is where you want SEO words. You want the main keywords people are typing in. So the best advice that I got from my editor when I was trying to figure out that my main title came pretty quickly, but I struggled with the subtitle for a while. And she said, just go into Amazon, go on Google. What are your people Googling? What are they looking for? And in my case, it's a little trickier because most people are looking for their particular complication, which I can't list like 55 complications on title. So that's where then when you're listing the book up on the platforms on Amazon and getting it up there, those keywords, you can actually put those those keywords on there. And so then they don't need to be in the subtitle, but they are showing up on search anyway. So then the subtitle became, okay, what else? What are people searching for more generally? that could bring this book up. And you're not just limited to that, but if you've gone on Amazon, you'll see there's summaries of the book, there's descriptions of it, all those things help with search. And so it's not just down to one. It helps a ton, but it, there are other things that are boosting up your your search results. So well. is it similar in that like, say someone wanted the business name Apple, as long as they're not in the technology space, they're not infringing upon someone else's trademark. But if someone has a book that's like the same, the beginning, the short, the like snazzy, get people's attention part, are you infringing on them, even though you know, you're going to smash them out of the market? Or, (laughs) (laughs) or is that just or you just need to start over with a title? I you know what, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question for a lawyer to ask because I'm not sure exactly how that works. I think the the thing that's so specific, you know, and there's such tiny details to, well, you could probably do this, but you can't quite do that. And I don't know those details. I just want to know before I like get too stuck on a name that I can't use. For sure. Yeah. You need to ask our lawyer, Abby. <laughs> okay. So I feel like, I mean, we could keep talking forever, but 
We can head into talk strategy to me, I guess, even though I have a thousand more I questions. Think we need a part two coming soon. Yeah, right, right. Yes, update on sales, how it affects your brand, what it's done for you, 100%. I think it's still like really early to like have a definitive answer. So absolutely. Okay, so talk strategy to me. Someone wants to self-publish. What are your top, like I feel like there's 75. What are your top three to five words of, Advice, confidence, camaraderie, support that you would like non-negotiate, here's what you need to focus on and pay attention to. Okay. I'd say number one, make sure, sure, sure that you actually want to write the book and that it's not a good podcast episode or series or blog post because it could be, and that could be just as effective. So just be super sure you know how to do this. Number two is surround yourself with extremely supportive people because you're going to freak out. You are going to doubt yourself. You are going to feel like this was the biggest mistake of your life. And you need people there to remind you, no, hey, it's okay. You're having a bad day. You got this. You got this. You got this. I don't know what I would have done. This book wouldn't have existed without those people. So that's number two. Number three, if you've got a book in you, it needs to be out there. It needs to be out there. It is an extremely powerful way to reach your audience. It's an extremely powerful way to get your message out there. If you are thinking that, hey, I should write this book, I have this idea, there's something there. And don't doubt that. Just keep going and get it out there because the world needs it. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to hear part two from you and updates on um, everything book. How about you tell everyone the name of the book again so they can go snag it if they need it or if a friend of theirs needs it and where else people can hang out with you online. Absolutely. So the book is Pregnancy Brain, a mind-body approach to stress management during a high-risk pregnancy. You can learn more about the book at pregnancybrainbook.com. And I'm all over social, so you can hang out on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, or Twitter, and the handle is Barijatdesh for all of them. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.